Distinguished members of the Federation Council, deputies of the State Duma, citizens of Russia, and uh, residents of Crimea and the city of Sevastopol. Today, based on the results of the referendum that took place in Crimea, based on the free will of the people, I'd like to submit uh, to the Federal Assembly the constitutional law on accepting two new constituent parts of Russia, the Republic of Crimea and the city of Sevastopol. The events we have been watching closely in recent editions of The Bible in the News reach a dramatic climax as Russia annexes Crimea and sets the precedent for future activities which will see Russia fulfill its role mapped out in Bible prophecy. This is Matt Davies joining you amongst momentous times. Bible students who have considered the prophecies of the Old Testament have long looked for a dominant powerful and arrogant Russia. This expectation seemed almost laughable even only 30 years ago, but since the fall of the Soviet Union, Russia's power has been on the rise. So much so that in recent events we see unfolding before our eyes, the aggressive, ambitious and powerful Russia has now reached a stage where the other nations of the world can do little or nothing to keep her in line with their worldview. This rise from the ashes of communism and dominance in the East is precisely what we would expect from examining Bible prophecy. Back in 1849, Bible student John Thomas wrote the following in his book, Elpis Israel. Quote, The future movements of Russia are notable signs of the times because they are predicted in the scriptures of truth. When Russia makes its grand move for the building up of its image empire, then let the reader know that the end of all things, as at present constituted, is at hand. The long-expected but stealthy advent of the King of Israel will be on the eve of becoming a fact, and salvation will be to those who not only looked for it, but have trimmed their lamps by believing the gospel of the kingdom unto the obedience of faith and the perfection thereof in fruits meet for repentance, end quote. How could this Bible student, John Thomas, be so confident that a dominant Russia would arise before the return of Christ? Well, because of Bible prophecy, and particularly a Bible prophecy in Ezekiel chapter 38. Ezekiel 38 is indeed an amazing prophecy. We've summarized some of the criteria needing to be in place for it to be fulfilled as follows. An aggressive leader termed Gog will arise, we're told in verse 2. He'll be the chief prince of Rosh, Meshach and Tubal, the ancient names of the territory and peoples of Russia. 
He will raise a military force which will come against God's people of Israel, we're told in verse 4. He will be personally involved with its military activities, verse 7. The Jews will have been regathered to their land of Israel after a period of dispersion, we read in verse 8. Working with Russia will be the nations located east of Israel, termed Persia, in verse 5. The ancient territory of Persia covering the region of modern Iraq, Afghanistan and Pakistan. Along with these, the North African nations of Libya and Ethiopia will also be involved, we're told in verse 5. Also working with Russia will be a group of European nations mentioned using the name of Goma in verse 6, as well as the peoples of Armenia under their ancient name of Tagama in verse 6. Gog will act as a guard to these confederate nations, we're told in verse 7, and seemingly justify his aggression as self-defense of them. In effect, this amazing prophecy is talking of a massive confederacy of nations, all under the control of the leader of Russia, who will come and attack Israel. Clearly, this is the time period we are actually living in now, as the prophecy states it will only occur when the land of Israel is once again populated by the Jewish people. And such an event has only occurred in relatively modern times since 1948 when the State of Israel was declared. This part of the prophecy is a clear sign of the times and now in the person of President Putin of Russia we are seeing the rise of a Gogian style ruler in Russia. In verse 18, we see that it is at this time when Gog attacks that God will visibly act in human affairs. And when we link the prophecy with companion chapters like Zechariah chapter 12 to 14, we see that it is at this great crisis that Jesus Christ and the immortalized saints will appear on the world scene to protect Israel. This man... The president of Russia, Vladimir Putin, has just invaded part of the Ukraine. He has cleverly taken it over with such force that there was little bloodshed. And now the Crimea is suddenly part of Russia. What can Europe do and the West do? Nothing. The recent history of the events in Crimea goes something like this. 21st of November 2013, the president of Ukraine, Viktor Yanukovych, abandons an EU deal for the Ukraine. In December 2013, pro-EU protesters occupy Kiev City Hall, an independent square in the Ukraine. On the 20th to 21st of February in 2014, at least 44 people were killed in Kiev clashes. In the 22nd of February 2014, Mr Yanukovych flees Parliament and Parliament removes him and calls an election. On the 27th to 28th of February 2014, pro-Russian anonymously uniformed gunmen seize key buildings in Crimea. On the 6th of March 2014, Crimea's Parliament votes to join Russia. On the 16th of March 2014, Crimea voters choose to succeed in disputed referendum. On the 17th of March 2014, Crimean Parliament declares independence and formally applies to join Russia 
And then, on the 21st of March 2014, Russia finally formalises the takeover of Crimea and writes it into Russian law. This powerful and aggressive Russia is starting to behave in a way which is indeed in harmony with its latter-day role as predicted in the Bible. On Tuesday this week, the 18th of March, President Putin and the new leaders of Crimea signed a bill to absorb Crimea into Russia. Shortly after, surrounded by pomp and ceremony, Putin gave a passionate speech to both Houses of Parliament at the Kremlin, part of which we heard at the start of this week's Bible in the News. The emotional speech was punctuated by large periods of standing ovations and the crowd chanting, Russia, Russia. In his speech, President Putin explained the history of the situation and his justification for getting involved. Surrounded by huge flags of Russia and insignias of the ancient Byzantine logo of the double-headed eagle, he explained that Crimea has always been part of the Russian territory. When the region had been united under the Soviet Union, it was in fact controlled by Russia. The territory of the Crimea, as well as eastern Ukraine, had, during that time, been taken by the communist leaders from Russia and actually added to the Republic of the Ukraine in 1954. This was done as a political stunt, or as Mr. Putin put it, quote, a desire to win the support of the Ukrainian political establishment or to atone for the mass repressions of the 1930s in the Ukraine, end quote. Now this was no problem when the whole region was dominated by Russia through the Soviet Union. However, with the collapse of the Soviet Union, Russia, Russia had suddenly found itself without the Crimean Peninsula. And due to the strategic placement of the Crimea next to the Black Sea, Russia was very upset by this. Mr. Putin says that, quote, Millions of people went to bed in one country and awoke in different ones, overnight, becoming ethnic minorities in former Union republics, while the Russian nation became one of the biggest if not the biggest ethnic group in the world, to be divided by borders, end quote. He also stated that, quote, it was only when Crimea ended up as part of a different country that Russia realised that it was not simply robbed, it was plundered, end quote. Since that time, things had continued relatively peacefully, with Russia seeking to dominate the area by proxy. It seems, though, that the Ukrainian government was seeking ways to unentangle itself from Russian influence as it looked west to Europe to help in this ambition, making plans to integrate with the EU. The Ukrainian government introduced a draft law to revise the language policy of the Ukraine, which would have meant that the use of the Russian language would have been suppressed. The draft law, though, did not go through, but it did enraged the Russians as they saw it as a way of separating the Ukraine and the territory it still regarded as its own even further. The plans to join Europe were left in tatters after Russia clamped down on its borders and upped its energy prices upon hearing of the idea. The Ukraine only stopped its progress towards the EU after Putin brokered a deal with the Ukraine to keep them alongside. And if you're interested in that, see uh, the Bible in the News dated the 24th of January this year. According to Mr. Putin, 
these steps to move away from Russia were conducted by, quote, imposters, end quote, who, quote, are often controlled by radicals, end quote. He said in his speech, quote, We understand what is happening. We understand that these actions were aimed against Ukraine and Russia and against Eurasian integration, end quote. Those Russian speakers in the Crimea were feeling more and more marginalised. He claims that they were pleading with Russia for help. He said, quote, Naturally, we could not leave this plea unheeded. We could not abandon Crimea and its residents in distress. This would have been betrayal on our part, end quote. We can see then the characteristic of being a guard coming to the fore in these recent events. Another point the president made was, quote, we have already heard declarations from Kiev about Ukraine soon joining NATO. What would this have meant for Crimea and Sevastopol in the future? It would have meant that NATO's navy would be right there in this city of Russia's military glory, and this would create not an illusionary, but a perfectly real threat to the whole of southern Russia. These are things that could not have become a reality were it not for the choice the Crimean people made, and I want to say thank you to them for this, end quote. So we see Russia is keen to keep up its military dominance in the Black Sea area. After the pro-Russian president Viktor Yanukovych of Ukraine abandoned progress towards the EU and the riots in Kiev broke out, he fled. Pro-Russian forces then appeared on the ground. Some were volunteers, but, m but most looked suspiciously organised, like the official Ro Russian army, but they were wearing green khaki uniforms with their insignias stripped off. They also donned black balaclavas. These forces surrounded Ukrainian army bases, rendering the Ukrainian army useless. A referendum was then held in Crimea to leave the Ukraine and to join Russia. And this has sparked the biggest East-West showdown since the Cold War, with the US and its European allies now threatening to impose sanctions. However, with Russia's dominance as a supplier of energy to Europe, it looks like um, any sanctions will have little or no impact on these events. President Putin is clearly unmoved by this threat, declaring in his speech, quote, Obviously, we will encounter external opposition, but this is a decision that we need to make for ourselves. Are we ready to cons consistently defend our national interests, or will we forever give in, retreat to who knows where? Some Western politicians are already threatening us with not just sanctions, but also the prospect of increasingly serious problems on the domestic front. I would like to know what it is they have in mind exactly. Action by a fifth column? This desperate bunch of national traitors? Or are they hoping to put us in a worsening social and economic situation so as to provoke public discontent? We consider such statements irresponsible and clearly aggressive in tone, and we will respond to them accordingly. End quote. We see a defiant then, dominant leader, is setting the president for Bible prophecy to unfold. A single man at the head of a military power, dominating the nations. It can only be a matter of time before the events foretold in the scriptures come to pass. The best the EU has been able to do is put asset freezes and travel bans on about certain Russian individuals it holds responsible.
in an article entitled, quote, Putin laughs off sanctions as he signs bills to transfer Crimea to Russia, end quote, the Guardian newspaper reported Putin was jovial about the sanctions and had even made jokes on the issue. He knows he is dominant and the West can do nothing of impact. Now, Putin's justification for the actions in Crimea are ones of help for Russian-speaking peoples who feel oppressed and not represented by the political authorities who are over them. He stated in his speech, quote, Let me say one other thing too. Millions of Russians and Russian-speaking people live in Ukraine and will continue to do so. Russia will always defend their interests using political, diplomatic and legal means. Now this is an interesting justification. There are reportedly over half a million Russian speakers living in Israel. Is it too difficult to imagine a time when the Russians will storm into Tel Aviv and Jerusalem to protect these Russian speakers from so-called oppression? Could this be a way that Gog might justify its invasion of Israel in the time just before Christ returns? We'll have to wait and see. Mr. Putin was also reported to have said on the 18th of March, quote, Together we have done a lot, but a lot more remains to be done, more tasks to resolve. However, I am certain that we will overcome all the problems and we will do it because we are together, end quote. Clearly, this man has future ambitions and it's been widely reported he is obsessed with restoring the ancient Russian Empire, using the Eurasian Union to bring this about. He has also been reported to be being obsessed with the ancient Tsars of Russia, who claim to be the rightful descendants of the emperors of the sea Tsars of the Roman Empire. Indeed, this ruthless leader with, with grand ambitions is exactly what we expect to see. But whether Putin is the actual Gog of Ezekiel 38 remains to be seen. But if he is not, then he is certainly setting the scene for Gog to arise. Let us continue to watch as the pieces of the prophetic jigsaw puzzle are slowly put into place. We are indeed in the latter days. Israel has been restored to their land. The nations of the world are in perplexity. Russia is calling the shots. Putin is in charge. A Gogian-style leader has emerged on the world scene. We are reminded by the words of the prophecy of Habakkuk. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Indeed, soon the Lord Jesus Christ will have returned to this earth. Continue to watch with us and join us again for another Bible in the news next week, God willing.